If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I've had a lot of time to think between the Steelers and Browns game and oh, yeah? this Jets game coming up on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, we had that long weekend, right? And I have no life, so I didn't do <laughs> I didn't do anything other than sit around the house and write questions, Jacob. Don't, do you know what's don't, coming? Don't do this to me, John. Do you know what I don't dusted the cobwebs me. off on? Don't tell me. We're bringing back an old friend here. We're bringing back the old friend. It's the wheel of a thousand oh, questions. You stayed up, wrote a thousand different questions oh, for us Thousands to of different thousands. questions. And then I had to cut them down well, to just a thousand because the wheel, oh, okay, the wheel okay, only fits go. a thousand. Only a thousand. That's what I was going But for. I wrote like 30,000 questions, it feels like. I was just, I had so many questions on the brain. No answers to the questions, though. I just write the questions out. I got them. Throw them away. Uh, you have all the answers? Like Billy you B. Sure about that? To, when he's going to trade uh, Giambi, I got them. Are you sure about that? Can you stop eating into the microphone, too, while we do the show? I said I got to go my full Brad Pitt here. Is this Brad Pitt in the Oceans movies where he's eating in every single scene, or is did that you, every movie for Brad Pitt? Did you Pitt? know in the Oceans movies, I think they made him have some kind of food or beverage with him in every scene that he was in? <laughs> I know. That's why I said <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> stuffing popcorn in his mouth. You're stuffing a big fat sandwich in your mouth right now. Let's break out this wheel. Let's give her an old spin. Are you rusty? Why don't you give it a spin? Just, just give it a spin. Was right that now. a pun? Because Brad Pitt's character and we're Ocean's done with Eleven Brad Pitt. Rusty? We're done with Brad Pitt. <laughs> give it a spin. Give the wheel a spin. I want to see what it looks like. All right, you got a big wind up coming here. Here we go. Ooh. Yeah, it feels good again, doesn't it? Well done. Well done. It feels good. It does feel good. It All feels right, so good to see an old friend That was back. my wind-up spin. Should I go for my real spin, or do you just want to count that as my real one? Do you want to just spin the wheel and I'll read the questions? Sure. Because you've got some pretty good form All right, right so right now, now that I got my spin and I'll go again. Here we go. All right. thousand questions here. Anyone. What I got? It's just so exciting as it could be any question. Number one. Oh, wow. Good one. I mean, the wheel just knows where to go. Right in the quarterback wheelhouse, right off the bat. If you were the head coach, would it be Kenny Pickett time this Sunday versus the Jets? If I were the head what coach. What a saucy question for If the I were Leo. the head coach, you start Mitch Trubisky, which is the plan, as we already know. There was the updated uh, death chart that was released earlier this week. We saw that there was no change at the quarterback position. But if I were Mike Tomlin and my offense comes out in the first half and there is, say, six drives total by the Steelers, Four four and outs, or four three and outs, rather. And then the other two drives, one of which has a total of six plays, and the other has a total of like 
maybe five or six or even seven plays and you get three points on the board, you got to go in, into that locker room into halftime and think, this clearly isn't working. I got to make a change. And I can't fire my offensive coordinator. I can't fire any of my coaching staff mid-game, but I can make a quarterback change. And that would be the change you have to make. I saw somewhere that in Randy Fickner's last two seasons, compared to the, 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 the two seasons that Matt Cannon has been the offensive coordinator, Steelers' offense is averaging less points per game under Matt Canada than they did in Randy Fickner's last two seasons as OC. <sighs> and everyone knows how frustrating that offense was uh, while Randy Fickner was at the helm there. So if Matt Canada comes out again in the first half and only puts up three points, you got you to go with somebody else. And again, you can't fire your coaching staff mid-game, so I think the only change you could make is the quarterback. How crazy would that be, though? If you, <laughs> if you fired fire him, the head if you coach. walked off the field and you well, fired, no, the head coach, but the OC. That's just, what I'm saying. You're if if Tomlin fires Canada, that'd be like what's his name from the Colts a couple of years ago retiring at halftime. <laughs> you remember that guy? Was it Pagano? No, no, no it was a it oh, was, was a, a defensive back. No, it was a, it was a player <laughs> retired after halftime. I get it, man. Something you get out there for the first half, and I don't like getting hit anymore. I think I'm just going to hang these pads up. If I were the head coach, I'd be starting to think about Kenny Pickett time now. The thoughts would start to be creeping into my head a little bit. I'd really be giving it a long look over the long weekend and deciding if it's best for Kenny, if it's best for the team. You know, does it check all the boxes? Inevitably, I'd probably come to the same solution that the Steelers did too early, keep Mitch in there. This is the first chance, you know, well, not the first chance, but he faced a Bengals defense that was really good. He faced Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. You know how that guy can drop a defense, mm-hmm. although he got torched by Lamar Jackson last week. He but who, who isn't going to get torched by Lamar Jackson? And then he faced the Browns defense that is pretty good. I mean, it's not as good as I think the previous two defenses. Miles Garrett was on the field. He was. Having impact felt not necessarily in the stat book, but, you know, obviously whenever number 95's out there, his presence is known. So those are three pretty tough defenses. I don't think the Jets are necessarily, you know, the easiest pushover defense there is. There's some young talent there, but it's a lot of young talent. Mm-hmm. And you saw it's the Bengals young, use it as a get-right game last week. It's a young team overall. Even Robert Sala is a young coach. I think it's only fair to Mitch that you, instead of treat this as an easy entrance point for Kenny Pickett, use it as a, all right, Mitch, this is the easiest defense you're probably going to face in a long time this year. Go out there, get yourself right, get the offense right, find yourself a nice little rhythm. Hopefully you can build some momentum into these next few games where points are going to be needed to win. So... I think it's not time yet. If I were head coach, I'd keep Mitch Trubisky out there. But I'm thinking about it now. So, again, we had said after the Browns game, after the Browns loss, we're now starting to hear the Ken- the call for Kenny Pickett, and we're not saying 100% it's way too early, it's not the right move to make. After that loss, you started to say to yourself, the two of us started to say to ourselves and, and people around uh, the Steelers team started to say to themselves, okay, I hear it, and I don't hate it as much as I did after the first two games when the offense also struggled to put up points. Do you see, though, like we keep talking about, and it's so annoying because, or frustrating to steal a word that we've used a lot previously on the show, we we were discussing, is the Browns win, is the Browns game a must win? And we had kind of split even on that one. I said it was for... a 
uh, a certain extent, not so much in terms of a playoff appearance, but in terms of team stability, it, it seemed like it would have been. And you said it wasn't, but now after that Browns loss, you and I are both saying this Jets win is a must win. Now for two reasons. Now we're actually looking at, we're far enough into the season, we're almost a quarter of the way in. Now we're saying if you lose this Jets game, you can pretty much kiss the playoffs goodbye. If you can't beat them, that's another loss you have on your uh, on your schedule that you shouldn't have won. So you're not going to make the playoffs, especially with Baltimore succeeding, Cleveland getting wins even without Deshaun Watson, and Cincinnati clearly is headed in the right direction. But in terms of team stability, if the offense comes out of this Jets game and puts up 13 points, I know you had the chance to say, okay, well, after the Browns lost, you had 10 days to get ready for the Jets. It's an easy opponent. It's an easy defense. As you said, the easiest of the four uh, opposing teams you face all year long. This would be the best time to put in Kenny. But if you don't put in Kenny, and once again your offense comes out stale and puts up one offensive touchdown on the day, where do you, I mean, the next opponent is Buffalo. You're not going to throw Kenny out there, but you're not going to put up points against Buffalo. So you're basically punting on the next two games if you lose this one and you don't put Kenny Pickett in. So it's a real it's a real catch-22 here. I'm done. I got nothing else to say about it. You want to spin that wheel again? Okay, sure. It looks like your arm is just like, it's getting antsy. Like well, do you moving. want to spin it? I spun it twice No, now. spin it. I want you to spin okay. it. But no, 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 no comments for my comment? Your comments were flawless. Okay. Do you, oh, need, wow. do you need me to pat you I on the it. head every time and walk you through this thing? Or I thought you were growing no, up. No, okay, I'm good. All right, All right here we thing. go. Spin that sucker. I appreciate you giving me the chance to spin it. I don't know if you should talk while it spins. It's a holy event. You spins. just missed that sound, didn't you? What do you got? Agree or disagree with this statement? Hey, it, that's a show on SNR, isn't it? It is. And you can subscribe to all of our shows on SNR. Apple, Spotify, Steelers Mobile app, iHeart app, every app in the world that has podcasts. <laughs> you can subscribe to all of our shows. Offensive line is improving week to week. I'll jump in on this one and agree with it. They are getting better every Absolutely. single week. All of our offensive line experts, Craig Wolfley, Max Starks, Trey Essex, when he pops on a show from time to time, told us this thing takes time. The analogy that Max was able to paint during training camp that I've held on to and loved ever since is everybody wants to put the offensive line in the microwave. This is a slow cook, pressure cooker. You got to set this bad boy up for like 10 hours and Mm -hmm. then sit it on your kitchen. Forget about it. Forget it even exists for a couple of hours. Check on it every once in a while. It's a slow build for them to be the line that you hope they can be. Mm -hmm. And... I don't think there's any reason to rush it along because, really, what are you rushing it along for? Yeah, you could have a better running attack, and maybe that helps your offense score more points, but it's getting better every week in the run department. The pass protection has been pretty good. I mean, maybe the offense is schemed to get the ball out quickly and with short routes, so that protects the quarterback. But you haven't seen Mitch under a lot of pressure at all during the season. Every single week, people come away from the game and say, you know what, the line looks like it's getting better. And you're also starting to identify players that are playing well on that line. Yes. Like Chooks. Mm -hmm. People are circling him and saying, this guy's been really good. Uh, The guards, 
Daniels and Dotson. Mm-hmm. There's been no complaints about them. Even Dan Moore was up to his old well, tricks against Miles Garrett. Another another game that Dan Moore has gone up against Miles Garrett, and another game where Dan Moore has yet to allow a sack on Miles Garrett. Dan Moore, Dan Moore's still clearly the weakest link on that line, and obviously he had some help with Pat Fryermuth and a lot of backs chipping and and helping out with Garrett. But that's what any offensive coordinator would game plan to do against a freak like that. But the point was, you can't have five weakest links. You can survive with one. And weakest link is a term that's making it think that Dan Moore stinks, and he hasn't been that bad. But when the other four are playing above the potential we saw in the preseason, or if you're a James Daniels or a Kevin Dotson, finally you know, realizing the potential that we had been sold on, whether seeing it Dotson's rookie year or James Daniels' track record in Chicago... But those guys are starting to come together. It's starting to come together. And I like to see progression like that throughout this year, especially when it's such a young offensive line. And if they can keep adding to these building Mm -hmm. blocks and keep building off of this stuff, they might be pretty damn decent in the coming years when the team has a young quarterback and young playmakers. Yeah, I I think that when we were in the preseason – Watching the offensive line play against the Jaguars, the Lions, and uh, the the first opponent I'm just blanking on. Um, but anyways, in those three games in the preseason, we were very we were very pessimistic about what we saw out of the offensive line production. Bad rush protection, bad pass or bad rush blocking, bad pass protection. Overall, you just weren't loving what you saw. Uh, the veterans, like you brought in, that James Daniels, people were asking questions about him. Max and, and Wolf constantly pointed out that he kind of ended up on his back a lot of the plays or ended up being the first to be pushed back on a lot of plays, uh, even just in training camp against the Steelers defensive players. But that hasn't been the case in the regular season, Tom. So, yes, I like the, and I agree with you, I do think there has been progress being made. But doesn't that kind of frustrate you further just because – Najee Harris isn't running for 100 yards per game yet. Mitch Trubisky is still kind of forcing the ball out a little bit quicker than you would have expected him to, given the protection that he's yeah he's he's given. So I like the I do like it, but it kind of seems like this offense is operating as if they have a a bottom tiered offensive line, which I don't think they have anymore. I don't either. I thought it's funny. Heading into the season, I've said this a few times, everybody thought inside backer play and the offensive line play would be the undoing on both sides of the ball. And those, the both of those haven't been the case. And the offensive line, you know, you look at this offense and, you know, like you said, in the preseason it was this offensive line stinks, it's going to get the quarterbacks killed. And now we're three games into the season and the offensive line isn't even, you know, approaching anybody's mind when it comes to what they no. want to complain about with the offense. So No, it's really just been the play calling and the play caller, really. I, I absolutely agree with the wheels question here. I, I think the offensive line has been improving. Good job, week wheel. To week. Good job, me. Spin that thing. <laughs> my turn again to spin, spin the wheel. You're just gonna keep spinning it. All right, that's fine. That's fine with me. I'm gonna keep my arm. Moves. You like how I remained quiet for that one? Yeah, until I, the very I, end. I honored the wheel. Will the Steelers win their first game in over two years without TJ Watts? Oh, that's a that's a tough question. I mean, you, this you is would, it right would, here, right? This would, is the one. You would want to easily have to say, yes, they're going to win this game. But the fact that we're struggling to come up with an answer makes me believe that I don't know if they will. But I, for, for the, the question's sake and for the wheel's sake, I'll give you a concrete answer. I'll say yes. 
this will be the one win the Steelers get without T.J. Watt since the beginning of his Defensive Player of the Year campaign. However, when the season is done or when T.J.'s career is done and they everyone looks back at when um, he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame and talk about his value, everyone will say, look at that. The Steelers didn't win a game without T.J. Watt until they had to play the Jets at home. So I'll say yes, but it, I, I don't know if it'll be a pretty win either. I mean, I think you better get this win against the New York Jets. Yeah, it's a must-win game. This hey, better, we're talking about a must-win game here yeah, in Week 4. No, this better be a case where you get a win without T.J. Watt. And you don't need him to win this game. I mean, you sure as hell like him. But I feel like we've said that in a couple of circumstances in the past where, you know, that Patriots game where, like, well, here's one where you don't need T.J. Watt to go out there and win. And then, in hindsight, wow, they really needed T.J. Watt to get some pressure on Mac Jones there and get a win. And then, even that Browns game last week, you felt less good about it, but you were still thinking to yourself, uh, maybe you can get away without T.J. Watt out there, and it's not been the case. And it hasn't been the case for seven straight games without him. 0-6-1 dating back to last year without mm-hmm. number 90 on the field for the Steelers. So, I think it's got to come here. Because it's almost to the point where if it's not going to come against the Jets at home, then where the hell else is it going to come? Right. Hopefully he gets some more pressure on that quarterback, whether it's Zach Wilson, whether it's Joe Flacco. It's going to be Zach Wilson. Recording this early on Wednesday, I'm sure. By the time this is out later today, they've confirmed it's Zach Wilson. So, hey, Jets are starting Zach Wilson this week. Pause. Hey, Jets are starting <laughs> Joe Flacco this week. All right, so you can go with either one of those, whatever it ends up playing out to be. I'll but go back and edit it to make sure we're okay. Either way, get a lot of pressure on whoever's playing quarterback and get this freaking win without T.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's time to get that you know that weight off your shoulder. Yeah, you have to. I don't. If this is Zach Wilson's first start of the season, make it a tough one. If this is going to be Joe Flacco's last start as a starter for this team, make it a tough one. We saw Flacco. He's not the guy that we saw in the first two weeks where he was throwing 300 yards per game and getting a win against against Cleveland in the final seconds. He is human. He is the 36, 37-year-old we all expected him to be when he went out there against a solid defense versus Cincinnati. You have a solid defense even without T.J. Watt. You can get to him. We saw Alex Highsmith last week get a sack and a half. The guy leads the league in sacks this year. I think he's either he either leads or is tied for the lead in sacks, QB hits, and tackles for loss this year. Yeah, him leading the league in sacks right now is just – it's. It's fun to look up and see that through three weeks, he's still a Steeler lead in that category. PIT at at number one, right. No, he's been great, and again, he was absent against the Patriots, but that's a hard adjustment to make, that first game without T.J. Watt. And then on a short week, he was even better, or he was better at it against the Browns. One and a half sack, a couple impact plays on defense. So, yeah, I'm pleased with Highsmith, but... Robin's trying to protect Gotham City right now, mm-hmm. and he's doing a damn decent job, but he needs some help from other people as well. So he hopefully needs- maybe an Ogan Joby sack from up the middle. Maybe Cam gets some pressure this week. Maybe Malik Reed shows up and gets a sack this week. So he needs someone else to step up while he's stepping up for TJ. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I agree. It doesn't. It can't just be the Alex Highsmith show out there. And as we've pointed out before in our multiple shows that we've done since the Browns lost, it was by far... And not to say that it was a horrible job, that all-time worst performance by the defense, but it was their worst performance of the season so far. You can't have that back-to-back weeks, especially against the Jets, a team of which you really don't fear. Whether or not they start uh, uh, Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson, and whether or not Garrett Wilson is available for them as a receiving option. 
If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. All right, spin that wheel. My turn again. I yep, love it. Spin it. Here we go. Total silence wow. for the wheel. Spin. I know. Very. I liked that. It's like we were in church. <laughs> wow. This thing has ears. I'm more convinced than ever. Okay. Who would you rather face, Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco? Ooh. I kind of want to see Zach Wilson. Yeah, he was not good his rookie year. Uh, no. He's probably going to be rusty coming off of that knee injury. Oh, I would love to face Zach Wilson if TJ Watt was out there. My problem just to is, harass is that, that like, rookie with, quarterback. With Flacco, 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 can, Flacco could be the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> he beat the Browns. Like you saw how jacked up. How he many was? times have we seen him beat the Steelers? That's like, what I'm saying. <laughs> like maybe there's something in him, even at this old age on a new team, on his what third team in the league. That he's he's still gonna have that that formula in his brain. Well, to he say, can still oh, think, I know how to beat them. He can still thank football for sure. Right. He is like fifth in the league in passing yards right now. Yeah, he's gonna drop, but very quickly. Listen, well, probably because he's gonna be on the bench. Regardless, but he's thrown for only th- two other quarterbacks have a fewer average yard per completion and yard per target than Joe Flacco. Kyler Murray's one of them. And Mitch Trubisky is the other one. But Joe Flacco doesn't throw the ball down the field. What he does do is he's very efficient. He gets the ball into his playmaker's hands. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't turn it over so far, at least for the Jets. At least not an egregious amount. I kind of agree with you that I would rather face Zach Wilson in this game because I think he's more of that, you know, I'm going to turn things loose. I'm going to take more risks. Where Joe's just back there like, I'm taking everything this defense gives me. And we'll 18 play our drive down the field to try to get points and We'll 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 go four or five yards at a time if we have to. I'm not going to turn it over, and then I'm going to hit you with that one deep shot because you know he's still mm-hmm. got at least a little something left in that tank where he can reach back and throw one down the field. So I'm going to go with Zach Wilson in a shocking twist of events. Because... I don't think it's that shocking. I think it's the smart move. You get a guy who was a below average rookie last year. He's making his very first start. Four weeks into the season this year. He might not have his best receiver, at least not at full strength with Garrett Wilson. Right. You're playing in Pittsburgh, which is never an easy place to win, especially— A desperate Pittsburgh, too. So, like, the fans want to and to desperately. And I think it was Tim Benz who made this comment uh, saying how it was funny how the the stadium, Akrasher, decided to introduce the offense in Game 1, and the cheers were pretty mellow. I think the biggest receptor of cheers came from Pat Firemuth, is what I heard. And then it was something like George Pickens and then Najee, then Deontay. There were there were not a lot of cheers for Mitch. So I think they're going to learn their lesson. Get Cam really amped up. Get Miles Jack and Larry O amped up when they go out there for the first time uh, being introduced with this team. I think that's a smart move. I think play I, – this is minuscule details. These All of these – don't really matter, but play Renegade, not midway through a drive like they did the very first game against New England. 
the crowd wants to see this team win. Pittsburgh loves its team, and as you said, it's a desperate, desperate team. They're not going to go easy. I, at least you don't expect them to go easy on Garrett Wilson. On oh, uh, sorry, Zach Wilson. I think we got time for one more spin. You want to go one? Yeah, more? I think we got time for one. Okay, more. I'll go a really quick one. Here we go. Oh my god. Oh my god. You, I can silence. talk. I can talk during the week. Oh wow, it's a two-parter. Two-parter. A two-parter over under question. Okay. Over under six and a half targets for Fryermuth on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Over under five and a half targets for Pickens on Sunday. I might go under for both, Tom. That's bad. It's bad. I'm going over for both. Wow. They're going to force feed these guys. You got to start doing it eventually. And I think Sauce Gardner was doing the advanced scout last night with Matt Williamson, another podcast that you can Mm -hmm. find on our massive podcast family uh, of Steelers uh, content. I don't know what I just said there. (laughs) But anyway, I was talking to Matt Williamson, and he's curious to see if Sauce Gardner follows Deontay Johnson around the field. And he did a hell of a job last week following Jamar Chase around the field and the Jets' loss against the Bengals where Jamar caught a touchdown but was not his no, usual self. it was self. T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd right, who were big them. eaters, yeah. So I'm using that formula and okay. saying Deontay will be taken away by a very young, promising cornerback in Sauce Gardner, and therefore Pickens and Fryermuth will have a lot more targets than we've seen the previous couple of weeks. I understand what you're trying to get at with Gardner taking away Deontay, but my problem is is that Mitch still isn't really going to do much more than complete, what, 20 passes in a game? And you know for a fact probably two will go to uh, Najee. Maybe two or three will go to Jalen Warren. He's going to get the ball to Deontay at some point. He's going to try to get the ball uh, to Chase Claypool. I just think that with Mitch having kind of another, predicting another mediocre game and the offense having too many heads to throw the ball to, there's no way both Pat and Pickens go the over there. I I could see maybe one of them, but I couldn't see both. I don't know, man. I think they're both going to get there. You you have to start feeding 14 the ball. Hey, man, you're preaching to the choir. You have to start feeding him the ball. You'd think you would start to just feed him the ball after that amazing catch he had against the, the, um, oh my God, why I always do this, the Browns last week. But, like, they didn't. They just ignored him. They stopped going right, to Right, that him. was it. You you mentioned at the very beginning of the they game. They force-fed him with a screen. The screen pass that went for, what, negative two yards? That was it. Those were the only plays you remember from him because he was really uninvolved for the entirety rest of the game. I'm going to be optimistic, damn okay. it. I'm going with the. They're both going to get over on that. I'm not. They're both going to get targeted a lot more than we've seen recently, and that's going to yield in a Steelers victory against the Jets on Sunday. There you go, folks. You heard it here first. Check out the Steelers Week in Review. It's hosted by Wesley Euler, and it's a recap of the previous game, as well as a look at the Steelers' next opponent. New episodes drop every Tuesday. It's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to play another old game when we come back in the next segment. I'm whipping them all out today, Jacob. I'm not going to tell you what it is, though, but it's an old favorite. It's an old classic. I'm ready for a fun day today. It's a fun day here on the Steelers Standard on a Wednesday. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opferman. And this is the Steelers Standard. 
If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.